Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk More Movies. Sure, we're trying to talk about movies, but now we talk about anything and everything else. Ooh, I'm your host, Michael Breslin. To my left is... Sean Cole. To my right. Colm Heron. Right. A few weeks ago, out working, and this caretaker boy came up to me because we were doing wallpapering, so it gets very pasty and messy. Is this a, is this a sad story? Does it sound like a sad story? No. <laughs> Why does it sound like maybe a sad story? your intonation? Uh, maybe it's because he's got a very sad cold. <laughs> I, I do have a very oh. sad cold. He's very depleted. Left her three or four days of drinking. Sesh cold like it is sesh uh, cold. Well. Whatever. This caretaker. No, I, so he came came up to me and was basically just... He said, like, oh, just let me know when you're done. So I'll... I'll, uh... Lock it to the door um, You know... And currently he's holding a mop and a bucket and then he just goes, see that air? I'll take that air and clean up out there. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you actually just forgot the word mop, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's so confused for like 10 seconds. He's all, see that air? I'll just take that air. See us here. See us here. <laughs> My dad is at all times. He was a very sweet man. Though. He's, he's all, we're going on the town to do the, the uh, what the fuck he called the, uh, so it's Jenny and Muller there, earlier, and you're all, what the fuck, and I said, say that, I don't give a fuck, say that word, I defy you, say that fucking word. You know what, I found that recently, even at 27 years of age, I found that I'm kind of come to the stage where I'll walk on the rooms and fucking forget what I went on there for, and just kind of stand there for a bit and look about me, and yeah. I go, well, I do that all the time. Because Lita uh, says to me that she knows that I don't have a fucking baldy, so I'm kind of standing, looking about, trying to look sort of <laughs> reflective, but I've got my hands in my hips, and he's on. he doesn't have a fucking clue <laughs> Sure, yeah. Well, like before, you don't drink tea, like, but like before, you know, there's a cup of tea in front of you, and you're all, "Oh, it's fuck us." <laughs> you you're an autopilot. You're thinking about something else, and then before you know, there's a tea in front of you. You're all, fuck, that's handy. Right? Yeah, there's a cold tea in front of you. You're like, fuck, how long have been holding that? Explain the listener too. If we do seem to be talking quicker, this is basically the 24-hour version of Let's Talk More Movies. 24-hour. The, the 24 TV series, 24. Because we're on, we're on a oh, timer. Right. We're against the clock. Explain why. Yeah. Cause Shan's ball bag. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we 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 haven't we haven't recorded in a few weeks now, and uh, if, if you're a regular listener, you'll notice that this episode has gone up late. So we were trying to you know get started out like, oh, we'll record now. Faster. Oh, we'll, we'll blah blah. Faster. Bibbidi boo. Bibbidi boo. And there you go. What about a bing? All of you have a No, so we're basically recording this on a Wednesday. Oh, actually, fun fact about today's date. Wait. 
Maybe not a fun fact by today's date. Was this the... I'll come back to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't okay. want to spoil it just in case it is. Is it the Terminator 2 Judgment uh, yeah, Day thing? Yeah, is that today's date? 31st of August? like two days ago or something? I know, that's what I'm thinking. I think that's not the 29th of August. 29th August? We'll check it out then. We'll check it out. But I, I seen... I heard about it today, so I'm quite not. Faster, <laughs> faster! But yeah, we're, ah. we're 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 recording this just before we do our film club, so we do have a time on it when so we have to we be have done. T minus T minus one hour twenty six minutes to get through this. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be very interesting. What kind of people show up tonight? Aye, not what what kind. I don't care what kind they are. Just how many? Aye. <laughs> I love this. You see, around the six or seven o'clock period, me and Mickey have discussed this before. This is the non-committal period where you don't worry when he locked down your number. You're like, oh, we, we might, we might not, you know. But then as soon as you, as soon as you, as soon as you see more than twenty-five, I fucking I fucking knew it. I was gonna get crowd tonight. They're good too. That's why they're coming. I fucking knew this. My shit. These boys are off this. We're showing American graffiti, just in case anyone's curious. Mr. George Lucas. George L. Star Wars fame. A pre-Star Wars George. Mm. L. Giorgio. L. Giorgio. <laughs> yes. Uh, also, there was someone else we had to say about fucking... Nah, fuck it. I don't, we're, we're against the clock. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Danger Bottle. Danger Bottle is every week we buy a strange bottle of fluorescent liquid. Hooch. Hooch. Booze. Hooch is Licker. crazy. Moonshine. <laughs> how, how, many, how many names for alcohol can you say? Go. Hooch. Drink. Drink. <laughs> <laughs> Booze. Booze. Moonshine. Liquid. Commotion lotion. Uh, <laughs> uh, mouse soup. Lowmouth soup. <laughs> Jungle juice. <laughs> Roof juice. That's, that's, that's an old boy one. Like. <laughs> Jungle juice. You no, know, Jungle juice, not wacky wacky. Wrecker You can tell me, Grant, that was a pioneer this whole life. Like. It was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Let's this see. week's danger bottle is Ruby Blue. Is that, I, I don't did, think it makes sense. Did the berries Ruby blue? come with a bottle? Is that berries? I, why would it add berries to a bottle? <laughs> I don't know. Fruity. Mm. No, oh, see, this was, is the reduced section. It was reduced in Tesco from twelve ninety nine to nine seventy four. They make it all that shit. But yeah, this is where it all begins, where passion flows. <laughs> you <laughs> will discover yourself in the natural, refreshing, and infusion of mellow Irish spirit and real summer <clears throat> berries. Can you do a Morgan <laughs> Freeman impression? Because be brilliant, man. Experience? No, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't going too bad. I know, but I, I, I could feel myself losing it straight away. <laughs> Something it's getting away from me. This is where it all begins. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like fucking uh, Jack. No, no. <laughs> I need a time out one. My mouth's too wet. Uh, you need a, a nice dry mouth to yeah, be morgue. If you say uh, the water recedes, it helps. The water recedes. The that was a mixture of Alan Arkin. That was an amalgamation. That's it. The water Christopher Arkin. Experience something Ellen beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you and the moments with Ruby Blue. Uh, was that supposed to rhyme? I don't know. Anywho, I absolutely love how dramatic they try and make drinks sound. <laughs> I mean, what was that? You will find your, you will find yourself in a dull office. <laughs> you will find yourself <laughs> in an Irish spirt. I'm going to pour myself a little glass because I am feeling a bit under. Tell the, the people about the the cranberries inside the bottle. There are cranberry berries 
inside this alcohol 17% volume liquid. <clears throat> it's it's called ruby blue, but it's just a reddish color. Yeah. Like where's where are they getting ruby Faster. blue? <laughs> Faster. Faster. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So I'm going to try and get a that few... That sounds not acceptable. That is <laughs> faster. It's hurting me. They're faster. <laughs> I'm going to try and get a few bear dogs out. And we can try a wee bear dog. Well, come well. out. Oh. oh, fuck. There's one straight Monster. out the gate. Oh. Yeah, that wasn't she. We discovered last week. Oh, fuck. <laughs> there we go. Punch on. Here. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I have taken most of the drink now. It's even because all the berries are there. Do you want a glass of fair for this guy? Uh, yeah. No, you still can just drink out of bottle. Straight oh, okay. from my bottle. That's, just that's, I'm, that's I'm nice. a bit under the bottle. Well, there, there's an old glass there if you want to use that. No, that's <laughs> Did you get a berry? No, I fucking took me by surprise. I forgot they were on there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a wee berry before I drink this? I think I'm a good shirt. Fuck. Uh, Sh- Shan's also suited and booted for some reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'll be a good shirt. That'll be a good fucking shirt. I'll make good sacks. That was actually nice. Very, very cranberry, which is what you would expect really on that. Uh, when was last week's show? I know I landed a fuck a week later. <laughs> you yeah. fucking, you just rejected my joke from earlier. Oh no, it was Jill's joke. It was my joke. Mm, Jill, I said it. Jill, no, Jill came in. No, Jill came in. She was all, uh, and I was also wearing that that day. Uh, pretty mm. sure. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's fucking leaping. You're not a cranberry fan? Ugh. I'm a cranberry what fan. What about that try, drink? Oh, oh. Try, oh, try oh. a berry. No, you don't. Eat a berry. No. Eat it. I'm afraid not. Zombie. Drink it. I'm, I'm, I'm vetoing the berry. <laughs> Alright, shall we get the fucking joke? <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh, the cranberry. No, no. There, There is just a bit, something a bit off about it, it isn't t- it? It tastes like cardboard. Yeah, I'm going to eat a berry. I don't mind it, but it just seems like it's probably been lying too long. Mm. What's the berry like? <coughs> What's the it's holly a sad, like? That's the saddest I've ever seen. Like, uh, <laughs> that was a serious fist drop. <laughs> it's like Jill's just left him and he's lost his job on the really? fucking same go. That was quite nice, actually. Really? Yeah. Can I have a berry? It's about Mark to call uh, a violin an umbrella. I was like, umbrellas for Mickey? No. Violins for uh, yeah, umbrellas too. Like, right? That's one I used to play the. I was going to say, I used to play the umbrella. Ah, <laughs> see, oh, obviously, very, very alcohol soaked. I wasn't expecting that they quite taste the gap. I like the berries more than the drink. To be honest with you, I, like I think I do too. But still, mm. even the berries weren't great. Did you ever see the film with green berries? No, <laughs> that's right. Joe Way, Joe Way plays a gooseberry. Perhaps. <laughs> Faster! <laughs> <laughs> right. right, what have we watched this week, folks? Who wants to go first, then? Backdraft. Uh, oh. Big Kurt. Ah, fuck, eh? Because my mask for a phone growing up. It's a good fucking show. I fucking loved it. I couldn't. I was like, could not figure out how the fuck they shot all their fucking sequences. During the late 90s, used to be a firm favourite of ITV's late night film it at did. about 11 o'clock. It used to have it, it on did. all the fucking time. It it's, it's one of the very first DVDs my ma ever bought. She came back with a stack of about six DVDs and Backdraft was one of them. Faster! (laughs) 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 You're just saying it after every guy said it. Everything Mickey says faster. (laughs) (laughs) But I know, good show. It's it's about uh, a fucking two brothers who are firemen, whose father was a fireman who dies at the start. Spoiler. And uh, I think it's a spoiler first, don't you? And then... uh, 
No, but is that if it's at the beginning, that's fair. That's right. <laughs> but uh, fucking, <laughs> and then uh, they become firemen. The the one the one of the bald ones. Uh, he sort of looks up to the what? <laughs> one of the bald ones? Uh, they all, How do you mean him? <laughs> you know, they all look alike. That's not racist. That's but, just the truth. You know? Billy Adam. It's uh, Billy Baldwin. I. Uh, why not? Uh, <laughs> Chadwick. <laughs> Eggie Baldwin. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he sort of looks up to Kurt Russell, uh, he's, he's his older brother, and he's like this fucking amazing fireman. <laughs> it sounds kind of stupid, doesn't it? You're an amazing fireman. You're a great fireman, I must say. But uh, <laughs> He is a great fireman. So, <laughs> There's no technical but, uh, uh, And it's just, like, I don't know, I suppose he'd be doing it for that long that you sort of understand how you... Fire, fire, fire works. <laughs> You've been doing it that long. You kind of know the way that fire's gonna be. Like. <laughs> no, but obviously, like he knows, like if there's a gas main and how it's gonna, is it gonna back? Is it gonna title drop, backdraft, or is it gonna, you know? What is a backdraft? <sighs> Let's see. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna take a guess of what I think that a backdraft is. And well, see, there, there, there's three killings that happen in the movie, and as a it's result, of oxygen getting under. Is it that one cold air rushes under a house that has a fire in it, aye. and it creates like a suction or something like that? Aye, and then it blows outwards. Aye, aye. I think that's pretty what much. And that's yeah. the arsonist is using that technique. He's like dousing the room with like magnesium and stuff like this here, and so when it oxidizes, then when people when it gets too oxidized, then it <clears throat> kind of blows up and. Oh, so he's he's creating the perfect situation for a backdraft. Pretty much, and that's his method of killing. He doesn't have to be he's there when it happens. Like, and, uh, <laughs> and then Robert De Niro's in it. He's investigating all these fire-related killings. It all sounds really stupid. Is, <laughs> all these backdrafts. Is he the fire inspector? He's he. I don't know. He's like the internal affairs of the fire department. The the IFF. Yes, <laughs> he is. He is. He is. <laughs> But it's very. I mean, it's. I mean, now it's in the flat we were in, and it really is. This one is the IMF, <laughs> the International Monetary Fund. Or it's the fucking, oh, impossible uh, mission impossible force. Mission. Uh, impossible. Well, in the real world, like. Aye. Watch the news, Michael. Anyway, because oh, we had this discussion when I was talking uh, about Mission Impossible. Were you idiot? I'm the idiot. Aye, because we're talking about films here, not the real world. What are you Go breaking us, bastard? But, uh, <laughs> but fucking uh, aye. Um, it is one of these things where you like. Visually, really fucking stunning looking. It's directed by Ron Howard. Yeah. And uh, just a series of great cast. And then just beautifully... I, I think his sensibilities are kind of comparable to like Robert Zemeckis or something like that there. I think it's a very similar sort of sensibility when it comes to film. And Big broad, black and white morality. Well shot. Everything's done right. Aye. Everything's done right. It's just classic, classicist aye. sort of filmmaking. Yeah. And they really, like, I mean, they really don't make films like that before. Uh, or, or they don't make them like that anymore. You know what I mean? Um... It's, I mean, at the heart of it, it's just a story between, uh, like, the two brothers. Like, well, one of the older ones is just a nat- naturally good at what he does, and the younger one always struggled to find um, acceptance because when his father died, a photograph was taken of him, you know, with the father's hat on, and it became, like, a Life magazine thing, so he's a bit of a joke. And so it's about him trying to struggle and find kind of meaning and, and find his place in his the His own identity? Over. Pretty much. And, uh... I mean, that's kind of the heart of it and then they sort of have this arsonist crime story going through it too you know and uh it's it's a really it's a really good film like actually and uh no i would recommend it it was pretty good it's a kind of different action film nice one uh this week i watched the conjuring 2 
No, hey, you know what? <laughs> I really enjoyed the first Conjuring. No. I thought it was actually probably one of the best. Why are you saying films. Conjuring? Conjuring. Conjuring. The Conjuring. The, the curdling. The Conjuring. But I enjoyed the first one. What was that? Like, is that three years old now? Oh, the Conjuring. Sorry. Okay, uh, I can take it back. <laughs> but uh, the second one, I don't know if you've kind of seen online and stuff. I got a lot of people have been saying, "Oh, you know, it's one of the scariest films of the past five years." I know that you hear that a lot, but it seems like. It wasn't just sort of film boards and stuff that a lot of the critics were saying it too, and I was thinking, oh, maybe it is. You know, it's getting a lot of sort of momentum behind it, and I was seeing a lot of like these kind of memes and stuff I got online about like the villain and the conjuring, which I'll get to later. Who looks fucking absolutely horrifying, but you know what? It is creepy as shit. It is yeah. actually, if you're judging a horror film on its ability to scare people and unsettle people, then I think it has to be a fucking ten out of ten in that regard. Really well made. Obviously, it's James Wan who done the first one as well. And uh, Fast Six as well. Uh, aye, that's right. And then Fuck Aquaman, Saw. Uh, Aquaman too, eh? Is, is he doing Aquaman? Yeah, actually? He's, he's doing Aquaman. Oh, fuck, okay. Well, that's actually no right. I'm actually interested now. <laughs> Fucking hell. And then the first Saw as well. That was what, kind of how he made his name. Uh, but uh, it's based around the Enfield haunting. You ever hear about that? Uh-huh. So basically, it was just a poltergeist in this house in Enfield in England, and it kind of became really notorious uh, amongst like fucking English paranormal investigators and stuff like that. There, but apparently now, like most of them, that was a complete fucking hoax. But a lot of people believed in it at the time. Like, the Daily Mirror really fucking ran with. I at the start, I thought you said Anfield, and they were just like <laughs> <laughs> they were just haunting Liverpool murders. <laughs> it's that ghost that Kenny Dalglish just. <laughs> 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 but um, aye, <laughs> uh, it's 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 based around that. It's the same two protagonists. It's the the really famous paranormal investigators from the seventies, the the Warrens. So it's Patrick Wilson, he's Ed Warren, and then it's, I can't remember the fucking wife's name, but it's played by Vera Farmiga anyway. And it's just about them trying to uncover the source of or it's why. It's the two daughters, isn't it? Aye, it's basically Aye. that one. That's a of, fucking freaky one. Uh, there. One of the daughters who is about, I think she's around <laughs> nine or ten. Janet. She's the one that's possessed. And is then Janet on that? I, I can't even remember the one's name. The one she levitates and all. Aye. She's about nine or ten, <laughs> and the other sister is about. Say 12 or 13, and she's really protective. There's two young fellas there too, but they kind of fall by the wayside. They're not really as involved as much. There's a couple of scenes where I'm sort of getting haunted or in danger of being like sort of harmed by the, the, the poltergeist or whatever, like sort of ghost is in the house. But you sort of forget it. It's more kind of focused on the man, the two wings. Should I have Terry Collette on there? Because the man in this film is on the age. Terry Collette? <laughs> Tony Collette? Tony Collette? <clears throat> I say Terry Collette. <laughs> Tony Collette? But that's uh, Terry Collette. Terry Collette. But. It, it kind of goes it, it ticks all the right boxes and you would say that there's a lot of sort of standard horror tropes like there's so many scenes of Wayne's walking down a really dark hallway in this old creaky 70s English drab looking house I actually want to see it now if it's based on that because that scared the fuck out of me when I was a Wayne it's, it's based on it's not even based <clears throat> on it's, it's the retelling of the story it's not even like inspired it's just telling that story but because the Warrens were brought over from the states, they investigated mm, it, and they kind of wrote all their findings and stuff. There like was that. a TV show of that recently, just called. No, it was, uh, it was <laughs> not a film. There was a film. It was like a really proper B movie released about three or four years ago, just called The Enfield Haunting. <coughs> no, there was there was a TV show just called Enfield. Aye, I, I I think it was just on like Sky because we we watched it on was a strange. Was that wasn't that a comedy show featuring Harry Enfield? No, sketch you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure. I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it was that healthy. long ago. His oh, yeah, favorite scousers. As, as <laughs> but they do, do, don't they do? <laughs> no, that's all I had to say. Like, uh, I say but uh, t- I, I just want to get to the the. I won't. I won't really spoil the name or something like that because the name of the demon who's actually causing like the haunting and stuff like that is actually kind of integral to the plot. And it's sort of a problem that I have with as well, that I'll get there. But you've probably seen it online now of what the demon is and what the, the main sort of scary ghoul or whatever is on the phone. Is the one that fucking peeks around behind his head? No, that's that's insidious. I what's happening. <laughs> By green head. Have, uh. you, have you not seen it online? It's it's the is, nun. Is it the nun? Don't fucking tell no, me. You, no, you see her like at the very start. You see her, oh, at the, right. or he or him. You're not really sure what gender this thing is. I, heard, I heard about the nun because they're doing a spin-off film with the nun, like well, what they, they did with the first conjuring and Annabelle the doll. Annabelle yeah. has a wee a wee cameo as well. She's oh, not involved she? in the plot, but I think I think they're trying to <laughs> just peeks around the fucking corner. I think I think they're trying to create a wee lineage because <laughs> even I she's like Wolverine. No. She's just sitting <laughs> in a bar smoking, like I saw fuck off. Me and Lena were so much. Me and Lena were so much that they all right, and we were like both really, really, really fucking tense. And you know that a film's kind of intense or creepy when Annabelle popping up out of fucking nowhere is like a wee sort of cathartic thing. But I was like, oh, it's just Annabelle. Me and her were clinging on to us. Oh, fuck, there's Annabelle. Wonder who got her on, I know. Annabelle's agent, thing. But the I'll not I'll not give away the name of the demon. You've probably seen it online because a lot of people have been posting about how this is like the scariest thing in ages and the scariest sort of entity in ages. It's really, really, really fucking... I think it's one of the first times in a long, long time when I'd be a big horror fan and watch right. a lot of horror. You must watch Mr. Ryan's sound. Uh, oh, it is. But it's, it's one of the first times in a long time where <clears throat> even just the general appearance of this demon kind of creeped me out. And I think even that's saying something because even you look at some like Stranger Things or you look at so many horror films, they're always trying to one-up everything else by trying to make something creepier, more kind of the best or kind of unseemly or unsettling. And this demon, all he's had to do is basically white fist with these fucking huge teeth and say like a nun's outfit, but it's simplicity, but it just, I don't know, maybe it's a personal thing for me, but it got under my skin, but it seems like it got under a lot of people's skin. Practical effects. Uh, ah, yes, exactly. And I mean, like, obviously if they're doing the spin-off, it just shows how much an impact that character's had. And yeah. like most horror villains, he or she, because I don't know what gender does, the demon doesn't have that much screen time because they always say, you know, don't reveal it and then you know make it pop out of nowhere and it's always more effective but even that character alone and the simplicity and just the, the sort of general design of the character is creepy enough in itself never mind one's direction who probably is the best horror director in the world at the moment he's on like a, a flawless yeah. run even like we saw and like the, the, the first two conjurings uh <clears throat> but was him dead in Sidious as well? Oh fuck, I done Sidious too. Actually, <laughs> he did. He done the first in Sidious. Guys get confused with that and sinister, sinister. Ah, uh, your man. When we were talking, fuck, I watched <laughs> hey, it Doctor Strange. Your man is doing Doctor Strange. Done in Sidious, but uh, or sorry, done sinister. There you go. I'm getting. I'm getting mixed up, get mixed up as faster, well. faster. <laughs> and I think it's because they're releasing the same year too. But it's got like a, an overly happy ending, which I think is kind of earned considering. Usually I wouldn't like overly happy ends at the end of films that are that sort of sinister or kind of scary, but I think it's that scary it's sort of justified because it's it's yeah, so I mean, it's, it is. Uh, <laughs> it's so grim yeah, throughout. It's kind of like Exorcist. I like the end. It's just a sort of it's not over. Like it's just fucking. Uh, it's sort of about shit. I like just a bleak like, ending. You, you cannot tell because they've built up these characters, the Warrens from the first film, and they're alluded to in Annabelle, and then obviously you've got the second Conjuring. Now. 
a lot of people now see them as household names and they know that they investigated a lot of paranormal stuff and I think of what they're trying to do is they're basically trying to make a series based around the Warrens and there's definitely definitely going to be a Conjuring 3 because that made fucking shit tons of money stop trying to chew that Barry <laughs> but I, I think that sure if it was light or not even though no it's fine even though the end of the Conjuring is a bit happy it's not fucking smaltzy or nothing like that it's sort of earned but you know that there's someone just not quite right and someone else is going to go fucking wrong like mm. in probably like the future films uh, also the only other thing I don't like is when we're talking about that demon who's fucking ridiculously creepy it's a bit of a doze egg machina or whatever they say they seem to kind of crowbar on an explanation of how that demon can be defeated at the very end and literally one of the characters just goes oh remember we can do that or this is how we defeat this demon and it literally comes out of nowhere the character who comes up with how to defeat them it's, it's implausible why they didn't think of this weeks before and just went to the very climatic moment. So I thought that was a bit of a letdown. I thought that could have been wrote a lot better. But all yeah. in that, text the boxes, <clears throat> some really, really creepy scenes. There's also a scene that's kind of becoming infamous with another sort of semi-villain who's haunting house called the Crooked Man. And it looks like it's done in stop <clears throat> motion. Like it looks like it's Nightmare Before Christmas or Coraline or something like that. But apparently they've done it with an actual actor. And again, it was practical effects, but it looks mental. A lot of people have said that it looks really tacky and kind of brings you out of the film because it's completely unlike the rest of the aesthetic of the film because it has this jolty thing coming up a corridor uh, I, I don't know where I sit with I'm kind of 50-50 I thought that it did take me out of the film because I was like what the fuck this is like, it looks like you know Henry so Henry Selleck has directed this scene and then mm. just fucked off but at the same time because it is so fucking weird it, it still has an effect and as well that the character itself of the crooked man is also pretty fucking creepy but um no, it's a really good horror film, which is, and I think that's a lot to be said, because I think out of every genre, personally, I've always thought there's more shit <laughs> horrors than all our genres, oh, because they're cheap, they're cheap to make, and they just rely on basic scare tactics, mm. so I think I, personally, being a horror fan, I always appreciate good horror films, I think, more than usual genre pictures, because, you know, you can usually have a good strike rate with all our genres, like, you mm. know what I mean, but there's so much shit horror, but not really good. Just take you back to... <clears throat> the phrase you used, Deus Ex Machina. Uh, how do you pronounce that? Deus Ex Machina. Deus Ex Machina. Aye. If it was Deus Ex Machina. But yes, anyway. No, because there's, there's a game that just come, came out recently called Deus Ex. And then well, Deus Ex has been out for years, like. X, I know, but the new one just came out, oh, Mankind okay. Divided. Oh, sorry. But, uh, and then there's Ex Machina, <laughs> so I'm just kind of combining <laughs> the two. But, hey, what, 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 what does that mean, then? Oh, right. All it means is that uh, I'm trying to put. Basically, the term comes from literature that it means that there will be a resolution to a plot or a resolution to a story uh, that doesn't really seem possible until the very end. Like a lot of people, which I didn't really see as a good example, but a lot of people point to the end of Toy Story Three, where they're about the spoilers for the end of Toy Story Three. Well, they're all about to get melted, and then who who swings on? They save them. The aliens. The aliens. Because it's the claw. The, that's right. The claw. The claw. Right, the claw. <laughs> you take us through your leader, but uh, I man, <laughs> I, I don't think that's a very good example. But basically, it is a conclusion or a climax to a film where usually, well, not usually, where usually the the hero ones or comes out on top, but it doesn't really seem plausible or believable with them 
the realms of that story. Right. Do you know what? I might be giving it the best definition. So it's just kind of get out of jail free card kind of deal. If you want to talk about your film, I'll get the. Well, no, it's it's kind of it's kind of like at the end of Lord of the Rings when Gandalf rocks up with the fucking birds. That's all... probably the best. That's the best example. I could have seen just three films, like really. Aye, exactly. Just hop in the back at eagle. Like <laughs> hop, hop, hop in the back at and just drop them on the fucking murder. You know what I mean? Drop them on That's that's actually that's that's a perfect example. Just of drops it in. Mine's a pint. <laughs> 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 Basically, what I was saying, uh, the term, pronounce it for me again. Deus Ex Machina. Deus, I always say deuce. Deus Ex Machina basically is a noun, which means an unexpected power or event saving a seemingly hopeless situation, especially as a contrived plot device in a play or novel or film. Ah. There you go. There you go. There you go. Then. Every day is a school day, Mac. Every day is a school day, Mac. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've talked about that before, <laughs> but I couldn't remember. <laughs> Anywho. If you say for you, I know it. Shaky fastest. Okay. Faster! <laughs> <laughs> Film I watched this week is Batman, The Killing Joke. Oh, the new fuck. the new animated film. I don't know it was out. I know, I got on Amazon there. You can rent right. it. Is it in, is it in the, the, the movie house? No, it was it had a it was only out for like one day in oh, the cinema on the club. Oh, on view <laughs> on uh, really? view uh, cinemas. How they long is it? Because usually they it's only like an hour fifteen. But uh, yeah, obviously the killing joke is a big famous comic, and it's supposed to be pretty brutal. And Barbara Gordon gets paralyzed on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to say that, but can't. <laughs> Kind of, Gordon, yes. kind of for everything I want to talk about. I kind of need to mention that. Brutalized. But yeah. uh, no, I've I've never actually read the comic. I just I just knew what the comic Aye. was about. It's didn't they base or loosely base the Dark Knight on it? No, mm, or parts know. of the Dark Knight on it. I think I don't know. It's like, like Frank Miller's Year One, like the Killing Joke comic. I think they're they're two sort of temples for influencing modern yeah. films with Batman involved. Like you know what I mean. But then there's so much source material, but they they are kind of held up as being the two best. I mean, see, <clears throat> see this thing uh, with with the film. Actually, well, actually, I'll give you more information. But first, it's Kevin Conroy playing Batman, and it's Mark Hamill playing the Joker. Mark Hamill actually said he was done playing the Joker unless they did the killing joke because the strain is too much on his on his throat. Because okay. if you actually, because I I was I was <clears throat> listening to. to I was listening to Dave Mark Hamill talk at the Star Wars celebration. He had his own panel where he was just talking for like an hour. And he does just kind of sound like the Joker. No, <laughs> like his, yeah, his throat's fun. really raspy and stuff. You know what? He shouldn't just be worried about the strain in his throat. He should be worried about the strain in his fingers. I, I dare you. Look at any photo on Google Images of Mark <laughs> Hamill and he's pointing his fingers. I swear to fuck, continue. <laughs> I'll get a few examples. We could probably wax them up on the Facebook page too. Uh, but, um, yeah, so Mark Hamill is coming back for play the joker even though like he played the joker in the most recent batman game which was only like last year so it's probably balls really he played him in, in the all the arkham games didn't he uh, that's what i'm saying the most mm. recent arkham game he, he played him he didn't play him in arkham origins that was troy baker i believe but i don't know um yeah the, so the kellen joke the plot of it is well it's, it starts off we just a kind of like a prologue kind of thing we batgirl and batman and just kind of showing their relationship, and 
they get a bit intimate, mm. one might say. They start banging, eh? Yeah, it's really hot as well. <laughs> Even for being animated, like you're just like, get stuck She'd in beds. No, it just comes. It comes out of nowhere. The turn of phrase, but <laughs> got that right for me. Yeah, no, I, I I seen your head fucking twitch as soon as I said it. I was like, and he bring us up. <laughs> <laughs> He's channeling up like a Christmas tree. Uh, like, like a fucking dog and heard a doorbell just. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it starts out just we kind of explaining their relationship, and then the over, the overall story is just the uh, Joker is broken out of Arkham, and he just has this whole plan. Just they fuck. We Commissioner Gordon basically, and so it's it starts off with him breaking into the Bar- Barbara Gordon's house and shitting her in the stomach, which cripples her, and he takes photos of her, and then he's just tormenting uh, Commissioner Gordon, and then it's just about Batman trying to get him back and help him, kind of. Right. But overall, for the film, I I didn't really enjoy it. It was because. I've heard maybe it's like the comic had been built up to me so much and I heard like oh it's really brutal and stuff and like I was just expecting it to be more way way more fucked up than what it was mm-hmm. like ev- even the bit where Joker shoots Barbara Gordon she just opens the door and then he shoots her in the stomach and it's it's over really quickly and it's not really lingered upon mm-hmm. and I think I was kind of trying to think like why it wasn't working for me and I think the reason is that when you're reading a comic you can kind of you can linger over stuff more and you're kind of set in your own pace because you can go back and you can stare at the images and kind of tick it all in and you can kind of absorb the whole situation mm-hmm. however long it takes you yeah, but yeah. in a moving animation art form then the pace is being decided for you uh-huh. yeah and I just think it moves too quickly and it kind of doesn't give enough time to kind of linger and kind of really tick on what's happening. It's shocking when it's ha- oh, yeah. when it happens, but usually if you're reading, it, you would just stay and stare at that page for a minute. Ah, like, you'd Jesus. be like, "Fuck!" Like Aye. they kind of you would uh, you would need to kind of take a minute and just be all fucking out what just happened. You have to be you know more, I suppose we we follow them. Like it's just a different way of absorbing media. Really. Yeah, but that's that's what I'm saying. I think I think like because I've watched some other the animations that they've brought out like i watched the dark knight returns one as well and i i think i enjoyed that more but even in some bits in that air where i knew they were big iconic moments when they happened it just felt a bit flat and i think it's because it's like very hard to achieve those were like really like, i see because i think they're so faithful to the comics when they're doing these animations it's, it's more just like a animated comic more than anything like and they're just they're just adding in the voices and stuff but I think there needs to be a bit more put on date. They get the pace, and I think the pace is the biggest thing for me. Is just to get that writing, to get it to feel right, and just kind of create more of an atmosphere rather than just watching moving images. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, I, I, I've seen this podcast fucking countless times, and I think that <clears throat> for me, near enough the most important thing in any film. It's ridiculous because it's so many different components come together. But I think the most underrated one, or one that people overlook. Because like a lot of people focus on performance or visuals or, or, or sound, it's piss. It's it's getting that rhythm right. It, it's fucking massively important because you could have someone that maybe is substandard visually, and maybe plot wise is just about fucking engaging you, and the performances are alright. But see if someone drags, 
you'll fucking even if it's a good film, you'll switch off. I I personally will switch off straight away mm-hmm. if it starts to linger or it doesn't seem to be moving from ADB or from BDC. I don't know. That's that's a thing for me that I think I personally think there's so many films out there, even great films that could do we maybe ten minutes trimmed off them. Not at all, obviously. There's but I do think even there's great films out there that could do we something taken off them. Yeah, it's. I wouldn't even say it's self-indulgent. <coughs> I just think that. I don't know. It's hard to say. I'm. I'm not a fucking huge director. They obviously know more than me. But I'm just. You know what I mean. I. I do think that pissing a song that could be looked at. You see, I think even with here, they could have kind of taken their time over some of the stuff. I mean, because like all these animations are about like an hour fifteen long, so obviously they're held to some kind of time constraint or whatever. Mm-hmm. So maybe it. It's just. It needs to be that length, but it just. It just felt like in some situations it could have been built up more or it could have been kind of lingered upon more or just given more attention rather than just oh this is happening and this is happening because that's just the way it felt and there was yeah. there's no kind of real atmosphere built up around it which is strange for a batman animation which have been lauded for so i mean like i think that batman the animated series is one of my fucking favorite things of all time i think it was the first animated show ever to be nominated for an emmy and it's just <clears throat> see for like film noir visuals and just how yeah. good the writing is and the storylines there's about like 96 it's fucking unbelievable many episodes 96 I think I used to have Fuck. every I used to have every episode and I fucking lost them and then uh, you've got Mask of the Phantasm too which is seen as one of the best animations of the past I don't know I can't even remember what was released but the past good couple of years anyway yeah. also used to go back to that pissing thing to clarify obviously it's completely depending on the story you know if you've got a mm. thriller and you want to keep it tight if you have a big existential meditation on I don't know a dock worker let's say <laughs> <laughs> if, if it's, it's avant garde or it's you know then sometimes you might want to let it linger do a, a Jim Jarmusch on it but another thing as well just the way it worked out that this came out and I'm currently playing the most recent Arkham game Arkham Knight and actually in that there's there's a scene where you basically witness the Joker cripple Barbara Gordon so I'm saying I'm seeing the same scene in a video game and in a film and in the vi- video game it was way more impactful because you're Batman there and you're just witnessing this but because he's he's been fucked up by Scare- Scarecrow so he's just seeing nightmares and stuff so it's just the way it w- that was built up that you kind of turn around and suddenly just Barbara's there sat and then you hear a knock at the door and you know what's going to happen, but there's nothing you can do about it, kind of thing. What's what's the sort of as the game's eight, fifteen? Was it eighteen? Probably. Yeah. What's the following? Is that twelve? Twelve A? No, Kill, I think. Killing joke. Oh, I think that's I probably think it's like eighteen as well. Is it? I? They made it. They made the following eighteen. Well, maybe fifteen. I I would need to check that. I don't no, well, but I, mean, I, I think they should. Well, like in America, I'm pretty sure it's like R. If, if that's the case, then they should have made it eighteen because of the the story content. But I was just thinking for an animated film involving Batman and the Slits, I thought that they would have tried the dilute Louis but then obviously engage the, the, the fifteen the, the yeah. child audience. Fifteen. It would have been. I know you, for an you, you don't see any titties in it. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody draw any tests for Mike no <laughs> no cause that, that well that's part of the kind of fucked up thing with the killing joke in it like w- when he cripples her he, he strips her naked and starts taking photographs of her yeah. and it, it, they allude to that but you don't actually see it like, yeah. like you see him unbutton her shirt and then yeah. taking photos I just sound like Kubrick direct my killing joke 
But you see, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like from, from the source source material and what's as doper. <laughs> oh fuck, Alex Delarge. Jesus Christ, that'll be brilliant. But that's that what I'm saying. Like from the source material and what you know. Like as I said, I haven't read the comic, but I know what happens in the comic. That you could have been way more brutal with, and you could have it could have been way more fucked up. And all right, might might have been just shock value or something, but I think it would have hit harder, and you would have got more of that. More of just what I was expecting from it, because mm-hmm. this just it felt a bit flat, and then the ending of it is just like these. These know the ending of Killing Joe. No. Nah, really. Should I say it? Yeah, well, you can just give a spoiler warning. All right, spoiler for the Killing Joke if you're ever going to watch Heron's it. Heron's got that fingers open. <laughs> to see it, but speak, speak low, Michael. Speak low. But but when. Batman's with Joker at the end, and they actually like present these interesting themes of Batman knows either killer, uh, either Joker's going to kill him or he's going to kill the Joker. Like that's a really interesting mm-hmm. thing that they never really invest in. They, but then Joker just tells a joke, and then Batman starts laughing. Nah. And it's like he literally just crippled your girlfriend, mentally tortured one of your best associates or friends or whatever. Like I've, I've always been kind of. Not non plus, but there's always been a certain stigma I've had about them, and I think a lot of people feel the same. But I think that they were trying to do something different. Yeah, I mean, I think they were trying not to go that the good guy ones, or maybe even they they be a bit more cutting edge the bad guy ones. It's left n- not only left up in the air, but it's almost like they would call it in TV shows like a, a gain accent. Like it just the end doesn't really make sense that much. But I think a what actually, ending? A gainax ending. G A. If check it out in TV shows, G A I N A X. It basically means that an ending which is like completely not unrelated. I will pretty much uh, an ending that's unrelated to the rest of the plot that seems like so ambiguous that you really don't know what they might get whatsoever. And sometimes they really work because sometimes they're that out there. You think, fuck, what was that about? And sometimes it's a director or writer just not knowing how to finish their story. And kind of mm. wanting to be strange and wanting to be ambiguous so people kind of think about it a wee bit more than what they should. But, uh, anyway, again, accent, check that out on TV Tropes, which is a, a fine website. Um, you can't just make up a word, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe it's Gainax. There we are, though. There we maybe are. Maybe it's Skynet. Hey, Batman should have killed him in it. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. There we are. Do, do you want, shall I give the definition of a gain accent? Go ahead. What do you mean, the end, is the quote that starts the top of page. A gain ending is an ending that doesn't make any sense, or does make sense, but is hidden under enough mind screw to not have an easy explanation. This is usually a deliberate form of mind screw, or intended as a sequel hook to a sequel that was never made. If it's not done intentionally, it's often the result of the creator rushing to meet a deadline. For whatever reason... After watching a gain accent, you won't have any idea what happened. After rewatching it, rewatching the entire series or film, discussing it with all our fans, looking up the meaning of the symbolism, or subjecting the entire thing to a comprehensive literary analysis, you still might not have any idea what has happened. So there you go. That is a, that is a gain accent thing. I do. Pro- I do probably think the the writer of the Kill joke was going for something. I don't think it, it is just. Oh, I don't want it to go one way. I don't want it to go the other way. So I'm going to do it this way. It probably is going for something, Aye. and the fact that it is such a lauded comic and stuff, it might work more on the page. But just as uh, as I said, just the the transformation of on the page, they move an image. It just it doesn't transfer well, and yeah. it it's just kind of like 
No. <laughs> Seems to be our main issue with the whole phone, really. I it's just, I've, well, I've, I feel like because like people complain about like comic book films and stuff that, oh, that's not the way it was in the comics and stuff. It's like that's because it's a fucking comic and comic books are fucking weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> and but for they they go they a film like people want a bit more realism, even if it's like fantastical realism. It's you know they, it needs to be some kind of sense rather than just. Why like you can't have people asking like why would they do that? Like, you need to give some kind of sense to yeah, it. I think especially as well for a Batman film, you can get away with anything like that. Maybe like I was saying earlier on, if it is sort of avant garde, but what's expected when they have a blockbuster in the ilk of say Transformers or even you know, perfectly the, the Christopher Nolan series? Picture of Christopher Nolan ended like the Dark Knight. Like that. people be up in fucking arms like. Uh, some people would probably be amazing. Some, some, see, I would personally <laughs> love it. But but most... Batman is dead. Warner's made him change it. <laughs> that is a Gennexin because yeah, yeah. Oh, whatever happens, didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. he's dead. That's executive meddling right there. No, but uh, like I think we. Oh, should I show you? He jumped out. Love fucking. <laughs> he jumped out. Love plane. Fucking, he was grabbing. If you look really so, closely, so, so there's the nuclear fallout. There's like... there's a wee black dot just <laughs> jumping right, from the. Uh, <laughs> It's the fucking, what is it, the Crank 2 sequel. He was dead, but he got better. But you can get away with it in Crank because it just doesn't take itself seriously yeah. at all. Crank's amazing. I love the two Cranks. They're really good. Yeah, they're really, really good. really good. <laughs> Stupidly good. Yeah. I think as well. Faster. I do think that it's because the two Cranks are just, they're free of any sort of restriction of realism or even structure but it's just they can kind of do whatever the fuck they want but they're free of criticism as well like if anybody tries to have a go with the crank films like oh they're stupid it's like yeah, yeah they are, they're, you're it's right, like oh they, they don't make sense like yeah they're, <laughs> you're right, they're critic proof like you know what I mean because <laughs> you're exactly right like if people say well it's not shape oh it's supposed to be oh it's class I was really about it that way you know what I mean <laughs> it's, it's weird as well because they burst on the scene what the fuck are Neville because that was obviously Neville Dean and Taylor that was the director they, they, they've broke that. up now haven't they oh, like I think Neville's doing something because I know that Neville Dean and say, they done that and then they done Gamer Crank too. The Gamer was shit in fairness uh, Gamer's alright yeah, it's a modern day Ronald man I don't, know. I can't I don't like it at all it's not but a they, bad deal they done, they, they done the reboot the Ghost Rider and that was horrendous I was really disappointed with that because the I second I, one I the second I one because I, I didn't I didn't hate the, the first Ghost Rider oh, I, I know I know I know it's a terrible offer, but I mean, like, as, as a one of those ones, you like it's like a, a guilty pleasure. You I know, know it's shite because I thought you meant. Oh, you know, I I didn't get the detractors. I no, 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 I, <laughs> no. I know it's shite, but just for some reason, I just I I like Nicolas Cage pointing at a tree. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but then I heard they were doing the second one, and I I really liked the two cranks, and I liked gamers, and I. Was like, Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Like, fuck, they just take it really mad and mental and all. And it's like, I was really disappointed with it. Yeah. Uh, and big like, dress was on it and all. And fucking... He was and fire at one point, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. and, but, well, don't get me wrong. As, <laughs> as, as much as I love big fucking dress... Like Dress has done some amount of shape too. He's done a lot of good stuff. Serious amount of shape too. What, what he did losers? That's supposed yeah, to be done bad. losers. He done Bastille Day. He done that one with I fucking w- Beyonce that I can't remember the name of. Oh, fuck! Wait, Ali Larder as well. Aye, I can't, obsessed. Obsessed. He done what else has Dress done? He's done a lot. Pod he's done a lot of crap, anyway. <laughs> Especially around Is when Bastille Day bad. Nah, it's hey, pretty bad. Someone said to me it was alright. Especially when he was first breaking into Hollywood after yeah, he like just, he kind of exploded on the way. He was just trying to get his name out there. Yeah, there's a lot of shit on there. Well, maybe he just wanted to get a wee touch of B. We just a wee we grab a B. Aye. We grab a B's V. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Jay Z was there. B's B's. <laughs> B's double D's just <laughs> oh, my. oh my B's B double D's oh. cut this like but uh... <laughs> oh, this is all in <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have no, not enough time to cut like, <laughs> no, no, no. Faster. no time <laughs> uh, slower <laughs> more more <laughs> more I so Kellen joke uh, I was a bit disappointed by it but give it a watch if, if you're a fan of the comic you might be more into it but I was left Nonplussed. You're saying killing joke as a joke? That's a fucking joke. Yeah, Mark Hamill should have stayed in his fucking yeah. cave. boys. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of going back down. Uh, okay, we shall move on to topics. Oh, sorry. Calm her. Oh. Okay. Faster. Faster. <clears throat> no, I was doing. Uh, was doing the wish. Done the wish, Tom. Done the wish. Fucking god. Fucking Galway. Alright, Joe Ted Bundy of the Wished. <laughs> Ted Bundy of the Wished. And uh, I kind of thought of uh, something that might be fun to do. Uh, because, you know, when we had a competition and it's like, uh, what was it, like the fucking six degrees of separation? Somebody just didn't do that on their phone. And I thought, what could be good is, well, if, if we do it first, where we try and find the best DVD for, or we could have the best DVDs for under a fiver. Like how many can you fit? Many crackers can you get from a fiver or the best DVD for a pound? So for fourteen fifty euro, I might add. What do we see as hat list? Right, this is already over the budget that you set of in this economy. Or a fiver, <laughs> but this is, this is I was just buying this personally. Right, while this, I was thinking about this, it, I thought, is, this is just this kicking it off. This is just kicking kick it, it off to show what fourteen fifty euro can buy. Just ch- 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 in, checking it out in County Clare in uh, CEX <laughs> sex shop so you've got uh, the duelists anybody Ooh, ever see it yes the, let me see that. it's a uh, film with Harry K. Tail and Keith, oh, no. Keith Carradine was, what was it uh, is it the jewel just recently came on Netflix I've been seeing it everywhere Spielberg's though. the jewel is that side that's one of fucking Spielberg's first film no the duel like D-U-E-L no jewel no it's and not the, it's right. a different one <laughs> But I'd see is it, it's Keith Carradine and Harvey Keitel. Uh, it's set. Let's see when I see it's Barry London o'clock. Uh, so Barry <laughs> London o'clock. Uh, what seventeen hundreds? It's only good and uh, pretty much <laughs> pre-Victorian things. I was chatting. I was chatting to the boy in the shop, and we were like, um, "Right, so I was saying, oh, I've been looking for this film for a long time, and all whatever, and all." And then I found it, and then 
it's it's about two characters like obviously in the backdrop of a war that have, have been dueling each other for fucking 20 years and he's all what is he just a really fucking bad shot or what's the fucking crack with that surely <laughs> one, one duel surely the other man's dead like that's all it's a very good point like <laughs> I'm assuming there's swords <laughs> and, and glove slaps and all sorts of things but sure wouldn't know him from a crawl <laughs> sure wouldn't know him from a crawl <laughs> but uh, anyway uh, it's, I think it's Ridley Scott's first film I am nearly sure you're right best debut film at the 77 Cannes uh, film festival uh, it's based on the novel by Joseph Conrad who wrote Heart of Darkness which Apocalypse Now is based on and The Secret Agent and uh, The Secret Agent and uh, oh fuck I, it's, what, it's what film is that based on it's, it's based on the book it's on BBC it's actually I think it's still going now they've done a period drama about it Aye. it's a good book though. is that the Tom Hiddleston one that's called The Secret Agent no, that's the the night manager, is it? Aye, that's no, about no. a secret agent. And I, I don't no. know if it's based on a secret I think the most secret agent plots are based on the secret agent by just, it's like wrote in like the late 1800s. But there's an actual TV program there. Faster. There was on BBC, yeah. <laughs> Go on, Harry. Sounds good. Anyway, that, was, that was five euro, right? That's the dearest of, of the pile. And, uh, I'm not paying that for I that. Know. <laughs> I, I know, but it's it's very rare. And so I was asking them how the fuck they price and stuff, and I'll, I'll tell you later because, well, I, I need the last DVD. They illustrate your point. Yeah, and then uh, I've uh, always wondered this. I've always assumed that CX price. Now you can give me the exact definition mm-hmm. of it. I've always you always noticed that sort of newer films, but not quite new films. Like maybe two thousand and four, and then like the nineties are cheap. Obviously, brand new releases are dear, but then really rare sort of sought after more artistic films are pricey fetish goods one might Fet- say fetish goods especially films that don't have high fidelity man there yeah, especially ones that doesn't have a big DVD release perhaps go on anyway perhaps you might be wrong I, I might be you wrong you could be right but I think I'm on the but right trail I think I'm on the right trail but anyway you probably are right in fairness but uh, <laughs> I just wanted to say that but uh, <laughs> next one Shadow Dancer have you ever seen it I haven't but this is about the fucking pros and Belfast Do- and Die Arrival. That's what the fuck ah. I Die Arrival. Wait, Clive Warren. Clive Warren. And uh, Andrea Riseborough, whoever the fuck it is. And then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's a lead. Just completely uh, <laughs> dismiss the woman. Uh, no, no, no. Andrea Riseborough. Riseborough? Riseborough? Well, she, I've actually never heard of her at all. She's, she's very good in it. She, and uh, Gillian Anderson's on it. Uh, Donald... Glaston. Yeah, Jillian seems they work in Ireland quite a bit, especially with a fall. How she loves team. it. Uh, my friend is her, or was her driver for uh, the fall. They get stuck on. Apparently, no. she's lovely in real life. She's really fucking sound. His dog died, and uh, his, his daughter came and uh, said, "I'm really sorry to hear about your dog." Ah. She so, also she also retweeted a mucker of mine who she runs like a you know her, uh, Claire. She runs a professional bakery stall or whatever down in Belfast, and she sent. Claire? Claire McGowan was in our phone class. I don't want to give her full name. No, that's right. Then. Aye. But uh, <laughs> she sent a professional, like, uh, she runs a professional break, I think. She sent a box of cupcakes to the set for Gillian Anderson and she tweeted her, if that's what the kids are saying. This one? Saying, very nice cupcakes. But anyway, continue. So we've got Aidan Gillen in there. He's we've got Martin McC... I kind of hate Martin McCann, who's the survivalist. <laughs> Is that him? Yeah. I still haven't seen that, so... We've got Gillian Anderson, Clive Warren, and then who, what do you call him? He's the... The fucking lad that tried to shoot Brenton Gleeson. She a white allergy for? Sorry, I just want to say it. What do you call him? Cheetah. He's a fucking great actor. He was the boy comes to Brenton Gleeson's house. Cheetah. And, and the yard. Oh, the ginger fella. Aye. He always plays a psycho. 
Can never mind his well, name. He's on that dimension. He just plays a sort of regular dude in that. But he's he's fucking. It's one of these ones. He's fucking very good in this. Uh, he's he very must be playing serious. approval. Uh, he's, definitely, <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely playing approval. Ernie's <laughs> approval. Don't know, <laughs> don't know how many Aiden are all approvals like. Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> But uh, no, it's just because uh, it was on uh, Sky a while ago, and then I downloaded it and watched it and stuff. And one thing I really have to say is that it's fucking, it's a lot. It's very sophisticated. It's very like um, a lot of the decisions of locations and how the story is told is is really it's fresh and it's really good and it's really interesting. And all the dynamics are very interesting. Clive Owen I think produced it as well, and. Um, there's things like there was a scene maybe happen in a jailhouse and this kind of thing and all and he says no don't take her to a fucking jail cell we've seen that before you know let's just fucking have him take her to like an empty like a big sort of conference room in a hotel even just wee touches like that there like obviously showing that an expensive hotel the British government have a floor in it that they take witnesses they just they change it up or something like that mm. there and it all does add things like that there do add do the fucking whole thing but tell us I mean obviously it's best Journal Troubles in Northern Ireland stuff like that is it based on an actual book or is it just fiction it's based on it would seem fuck all no yeah, just right faster faster next, it's next based on a novel because, based oh on a novel. Jesus Christ we're down to T minus 35 minutes oh yeah. Jesus Christ right, so, right that was that was 3 euro 3 euro so we're going down we're going down Bosh. next one The Van oh classic Call Mini at the the low low price of 2 euro Oh, oh that's a still. I know. That is a still. Roddy Doyle. Uh, What's that in sterling? About fucking one forty or something. It's fucking. Well, it's probably two pounds these days. You know what I mean? Probably uh, fucking twenty quid. Probably two million pounds. Probably ten million pounds. Just keep a joke going. I'll probably buy a pound of that. It's only about fucking a pound. I don't want to talk about fucking trillion. We're right now. Lots, aren't we? So. The Van, Irish film, based on a Roddy Doyle book, Colin Meany, directed by Stephen Frears. Uh. Next. <laughs> Next. It's a film I've fucking seen. You know, oh, yes! I've just seen that back. Eh? There's a big Sean. Big Sean. <laughs> and it's that con from CS, or NCIS. What the, the fuck's his name? I don't know. I don't care. I don't, I don't watch that show. <laughs> it's, uh, These I, were talking about it the last time. I know, but I was talking about how the fact that CSI is on the fucking title. <laughs> That's my main reason no, for but, watching we it. No, but no, you we watched a, an no, episode? No, we watched the fucking... NCISLA. We watched the LA version of fucking... Chris O'Donnell was on Cool J and Chris O'Donnell. Cool J. Hi, I'm first name business. Awesome cool No need for me to say the ladies love butt like you know what I mean? This is the Presidio. Presidio. Sean Connery and fucking NCIS ball bag. Navy um, film. I've seen it. Oh, Mary Grant's on too. There you go. But, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like a, it's a, it's a military crime film. Based <laughs> around the fucking Navy, isn't it? How does it say? Uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel Colbell, Connery, and Police Inspector Jay Austin, Mark Harmon. Harmon, that's, that's him. Right. Don't like each other. Not even a little bit. That's because Colwell <laughs> helped run Austin out of the military police a few years back. This is a terribly and, written blur. Now these natural enemies are Sounds forced like a boy to... explained that to you in a bar. I was like, don't <laughs> like each other. Uh, at all. <laughs> uh, team up, they solve a brutal murder at the Presidio military compound. Okay, that's that's all we need to say. Is this one of these films? So it is naval crimes then? Naval crimes. <laughs> Jesus, what's the what's the did with boy? That's his niche. That, that, mark, 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 mark. <laughs> when he got cast in that lead, it was like the biggest <laughs> joke ever. 
the boy director does definitely have a hand in casting him in NCIS, 100%. He never twigged it. Uh, he's all, oh, oh, fuck, of course. I think he walked on the, the only the, fucking rule he had. He walked on the city for city and thought, this is the only rule I ever want to play. <laughs> I always want to be a Navy uh, man. Clint Eastwood's a cowboy. Fucking, you know, Bruce Wallace is whatever the fuck he uh, does. I'm going to be I, a I, naval I, I, detective. You see cowboys and fucking detectives and all those police officers and all. They, 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 they can kind of get their template and they act hard. I want to make a name for the Navy. <laughs> Aye, <laughs> naval crimes, that's the way it is. You know. Maybe, was they actually in the Navy? That might be a turn. Possibly. I'll check that. Where's Heron? I don't know if I care enough. Definitely not. Though. <laughs> I'm on it. Directed by Peter Hyams. Where? Directed by Peter where? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, just a film, you know a film, a, a DVD that you always see when you go home. Fucking curious about that. And plus, my dad loves Connery, so I thought it'd be something I could watch. Yeah. And I uh, got it on me, fuck it. You know what's weird too? Like you were saying, the reason you're interested, I think the only reason I watched that because it's on Netflix. Have you seen it? Aye. Was it good? No. It's literally the, <laughs> on, the only reason I watch it is because of the title, because <laughs> it's got an interesting title. Uh, and when you see Presidio? Connery sitting there, Presidio, I. Presidio. It's a prequel to Sicario, no, it's not. Then Next gonna, up. <laughs> For the little price of one euro, the majestic. Oh, Jim Carrey, Frank Darbour, director of uh, fucking uh, Shawshank Redemption and the Green Mile. Fucking. Uh. Uh, Jim Carrey uh, loses his memory. Did Frank uh, Darbour direct the Green Mile? Yep. Yeah. All right. Two two big prison films. Very, I did not know that. Very similar when you think about it. Hence why he usually gets flag for it, even though they're both two really good films. Fucking solid. But uh, I, Jim Carrey uh, loses his memory. Uh, fucking wakes up in this fucking town and I think his past is that he's a screenwriter and uh, they I think they or they strap on to him that he was this guy that went missing or whatever and because he doesn't know he starts to believe it he must bear some sort of resemblance to the guy that went missing and so pretty much earns the love of this town and then I think he starts to realise that he's not that guy and that's where El Drama comes from yeah. but I uh, always want to see it uh, Frank Darwin's going to be nice and beautiful and I'll fucking look like Stammy Me or something. But, uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, next up, one euro, good vibrations. Hey! Never even heard it. The fucking. Yeah, no? The undertones, the fucking punk music uh, one. Ah, fuck, I have no interest in the undertones, even no. though for Moon Fair Well, it's What's not really about. Uh, it's about. Uh, oh, it's about, it's about the whole scene, then. It's, uh, it's about Terry Hilly. Do, do, you know do you know what it reminded me of, actually? Now, thinking about it, it reminded me of fucking Killing Barnum. And that just that was about the sort of Northern Ireland or Irish music Sorry. scene around that time. No, but that was about more just one specific event that yeah. the boys brother didn't get in the in the Bono. 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 Sure, sure you ever you see Kellen Bono? Uh, no. Sorry. All right. Anyway, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> um, was uh, fucking see it and being non Irish. I should have really have seen it by now. Uh, you should be paying more than a fucking pound for it as well, you still. Ah, uh, fuck it. Or a pound or a euro? Uh, a euro. There you go. But, uh, you know, one dollars. man's trash is another man's treasure. You know what I'm saying? But uh, Mark Hamoud's film of the year, remember? I'm saying. Was it? Yep. Jesus. And I uh, thought it was class and all. And anyway, that's it. Uh, one euro. Next up, 75 cent. Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Fucking right. I've never seen Hellraiser. Nearby. <laughs> <laughs> I just always meant to say it. I, I worked with the DP of the sequel, which apparently is shite. <laughs> you, know, you know when I, how I first heard of Hellraiser is I seen it 
in the library DVD section. <laughs> I... They had all of them. They had up to like four or five or however I... many Hellraisers are. Old Pinhead. 75 cent Hellraiser. Fuck me. Hey. Sorry, I was not bulger. Any good? <laughs> you ever see Hellraiser? Sorry, excuse me. Uh, as a child, yes, I remembered. It was it was about a nightmare fuel one, but I actually can't remember what it's actually like. Hey. It's one of these things that always just, it's, it's, it's fucking striking. I'm not it's there, it's and really I iconic, too. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, 75 cent, Bosh. Right, exactly. he, he Why not, bet? He was on a few music videos, wasn't he? Aye. Old Pinhead. He was, he certainly. Was. The very last one. Mad about bowling, too, sis. Sorry. 25 cent. <laughs> Jesus 25 cent 25 cent you get, you get fucking DVDs in that DCX for 10p shockingly the uh, very old team you can find one for 10p Continue guess, guess it's 25 cent or have you seen it Let's see, I haven't seen it though guess what is it going to be like a really good <laughs> I love that you said like guess what from the hundreds of thousands of bombs <laughs> that have ever been made well give us a fucking clue Oscar winner last few uh, Oscar winner of best director last few years Oscar winner of best director last few years aye. Slumdog Millionaire no Gravity. War. War. Uh, Saving Private Ryan. The Hurt Locker? Aye. Fuck, you oh, told me about that last night. Take it to Miss Bigelow. 25 fucking cents. Pe- people really seem good. to turn on that film pretty quickly, though. I don't know I why. Film. I think it's a good film. I think if you're looking for... Well, obviously, we don't know what realism is when it comes to the fucking Middle East, Iraqi, Afghan war, but I think that it made that me... pretty much all lies, what they told us. So, uh, ah, exactly, you know, but I think that that, 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 kinda, that, that that put me in the fucking zone more than any <laughs> film that I'd seen. Like, I thought it was... It was class. Oscar winner, 25 cent. Right? So, so tense as well. Also, I think... Jeremy Renner's great. Jeremy Renner's really amazing. He was nominated I'm, for an Oscar for it. Yep. But he, like, he, he doesn't seem to be... Like, because that's what made him big and that's what got him into Avengers and Mission Impossible yeah, and no, fucking Bard and all. <laughs> I know, he, he doesn't seem to be doing like big dramatics of it. I mean, no, like... He had, sure he did. He had uh, Born. Kill a Messenger. Yeah. Did Born. Born. Have you seen Kill a Messenger? Kill a Messenger? Ah, it's on... I think it's on Netflix. No, it's not on. It's on Sky. Mm. What? It's brilliant. Very, very good. True story about a journalist who uncovers this big fucking drug plot that was put forward by the president to sell drugs on American soil. They fund a secret war. Yeah. It's a very, very good film. And nobody believes him. But, uh, I so... I but like, the Bourne film wasn't, like, a big dramatic fucking thing. No, but it was still a big franchise. They kind of catapulted him. I know, but that's, that's, I know, but that's what I'm on about. Like, yeah. he's doing big franchise stuff and not doing kind of big drama stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's based on some personal choice. And as well, I'm sure that doing the Avengers, even if you're fucking, like, a supporting character in the Avengers, he's probably fucking reining it on. And I'm sure that takes up a lot of time, too. I'm sure they're long shoots. Yeah. So you might just be fucking physically exhausted by doing smaller projects. I don't know. He's still young. He kept. Try- he, I think he's trying to get them to kill Hawkeye pretty soon. Yeah, it's it's started out as a joke, but I think you're right. It seems like he doesn't really. I mean, like he even realizes that Hawkeye is kind of irrelevant to the plot. I yeah. I, I like a heart, but I kind of like he where was heart in the second one was. It? I know. I I kind of like where he's at. The way that character now is like because he's important enough that he can kind of come in and kind of kick some ass in the sense of. Like in Civil War and stuff, he kind of comes out and he's all right. What the fuck he's doing? Kind of wise up and all. Like he's important enough to have that amount of clout with the other characters that it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But disposable enough that it doesn't matter if he's not there the entire time. I th- I think though that it'll be a really good idea. And not plus, right. he he just kind of has a nice kind of Jeremy Renner just himself. The way he played him in like uh, the second Avengers film, he was just really funny and just really casual. Aye, and it's just like. There's a bit where... And not the Maltry sort of guy that you've seen in the first one. Uh, there's like a bit where he, he's like walking away from Quicksilver and he, like, he hates Quicksilver. He's like, 
could have killed him. Nobody would have known. <laughs> like, he just has wee funny moments to himself. Uh, it's uh, just going back into sort of Hawkeye thing too, very quickly. I think it would be a good idea to kill off one of those secondary characters because first of all, it's just written in good drama. Second of all, I think it would be a massive shock and it would really engage people because none of the main characters have died yet and none of the main characters are going to die. And then third, like, it wouldn't really make a difference because they've got a big bloated roster of characters already. And I mean, I think they should start to trim it down because with the universe getting bigger and bigger, there's only going to be more and more and more characters. And sooner rather than later, I think they're, they're going to start to really struggle to find them. I think they've done a really good job so far of giving everybody time and rounding them off. But I think it's it's going to get tough them, especially now coming up to the big Infinity War and all that stuff. But... But I think they, they, they played the death card too much kind of early on. Like, they killed Loki a couple of times and brought him back. They killed fucking Nick Fury and brought him back. They killed fucking Coulson and brought him back. But see, that's you what know, I'm saying. They, they should stop copping out with stuff like that and just kill somebody for real. I know, but, well, <laughs> they they <laughs> they killed, spoilers for Avengers Age of Ultron, but they killed Quicksilver. But he was a he was introduced in that film like he was kind of fuck off. But, uh, but, but it but seems to be the modus operandi of kind of killing someone and then not having the balls to back it up. Like. No, but you see, I I think I think from from doing that, I think people are waiting like, oh, who are they properly going to kill? Kind of thing, and it's just like for for me, like if killing somebody, it doesn't really impact on me. I prefer to see them work out a way of properly writing it that something happens to them and how they deal with that rather than oh they're dead so no I mean that's that's true I mean I just, I just I'm would, bored would, of no, killing that's them. true you would like to see them sort of challenge themselves and stuff like that but in regards to Hawkeye himself or even I would say uh, Black Widow I just don't think they're very interesting characters now fair enough there's probably a lot of source material there to make them interesting but do you actually think that they're going to fucking invest the time to do that when you've got Iron Man and Thor and the Hulk they juggle with? Well, they're not like... Well, they're, they're, they keep talking about a Black Widow soul. I mean, I think she has enough backstory and stuff to kind of go on that. I mean, all, all I'm saying is that you don't need to kill somebody just they have the impact of killing somebody. No, and... but I'm just saying that is a very cheap way to sort of get drama going it's the actually it's the cheapest fucking trick in the book like. I know that's that's what I'm saying but I don't I, I don't think they need to do that and but you're on about the no I'm not saying I'm not, the, saying, the, I'm not saying, saying I don't think they need to do that but we're saying if Renner wants out then fuck it why not it does he though because like, he went on record as actually saying he said in the first one he tried to get uh, Joss Whitney kill him three or four times <laughs> See, I might just be having a bit of crack with him. No, he's quite. I like. He's he's, he's quite a candid guy. Yeah, like, well, I don't know. You know. Because like, I'm sure if he really wants out, Marvel will let him out. Like, I mean, like, what do you call him? Fucking Agent Smith from Matrix. Oh, uh, Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving. He he was Red Skull in the first in the first Captain America, and he made it. He said to him like he didn't want to come back. He's contractually. And there for like three or four films, yeah. But they they didn't bring him back because he didn't want to come back. That's weird. They're not assume if he signed the contract. No, because no, because they're just they're letting him go basically. They also oh, actually just being sounded about. Yeah, the they're just being sounded about. That's what I'm saying. So like, if Je- if Jay Renner genuinely wanted to be out, I think they would kind of work it some way that to get him out. I'm probably relieved though because there's so many characters. I think it's different with Hawk because Hawkeye is part of the Avengers. Red Skull was. Fair enough, it is Captain America's main nemesis, and they probably would have liked to write him in, but with all the intergalactic stuff now with Thanos and that, 
Red Skull, even if they brought him in, would just fall into the background anyway. And as well, I really liked Hugo Weaving as the Red Skull, and he was one of my favourite villains when I was reading comics, but I think they wasted him. I, I, I think that one of the weakest of all the Marvel films is the first Captain America. I think it's alright. I think it sets up the world nicely, and it sets up how... I, I really like the explanation of how they kind of make him a man out of time. Yeah, that, because that obviously, worked really well. Really well, because he has obviously, the character itself, before they done that reboot of Captain America, is rooted in the 40s and 50s, and it was a different idea, America's being the big superpower, and everybody loves America, but now obviously, yeah. everybody kind of, I wouldn't say everybody hates America, but there's a way more cynical view towards America, and it's not this big Stars and Stripes fucking Yankee Doodle Dandy thing that we would have thought years ago. Yeah. So I think they've done that well. If I'm coming from this different ideal world or ideal view of America the a dark one I think that was it was it was and you know what everyone was thinking oh how are you going to do it was actually just a really, it was a really simple mm. narrative device that they done but it just it was really effective right Heron so where are we going with all this cheap DVD stuff <laughs> explain uh, yourself no I was just saying that um, obviously we had a conversation a few weeks ago about how it's annoying that you don't go to DVD shops anymore they're kind of you know old hat as they say yep. and uh the only ones you can really go to are in these parts are second hand ones. Yeah. Well, sure, it was or yesterday. Tesco. Just to kind of. I think it was yesterday. The last HMV in the whole of Ireland closed yesterday in Limerick. So there's no more HMVs in Ireland. Seriously? That is fucking. For, for a film lover, I'm sure for a list, that's pretty heartbreaking, no uh, way. What does HMV stand for? His master's voice. Yeah. It's the Doesn't weirdest it? fucking thing. Uh, it's strange. That's why the, 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 the dog is there. I know. The, the, yeah. the dog with the, what do you call it, the record player thing. Gramophone. I The dog looking at that air is his master's voice. It's I just told you what it's called. Use it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say it. <laughs> no, but, the, no. No, but that's actually sat on a coffin. And so his master's voice is the dog listening to a recording of his master who is dead. Oh, really? Oh, I always is. assumed that his master was just too busy watching fucking DVDs. No, his master... <laughs> uh, the dog and the gramophone is sat on top of a coffin. I'd... Fuck, I've never seen that image. Yeah, I have a wee plaque of it on here. I've always just seen the dog and the gramophone. I've never seen the fucking coffin. Yeah, it's on a coffin. What a like, sort of abstract and <laughs> fucking icon. I can't always got the dog as master's voice. I always assume it's because his master's too busy away... Watching or listening to this shit? That's no, mental. His mm. master's dead. Oh, fuck mm. me. Anyway, anyway sorry, continue. Who's feeding that dog? Like? How's it lasted so long? Go ahead. Sounds feed the dog. <laughs> no. Hey, well, there's. Bastard. He's at a funeral, so probably people feed him. He's not even real. It's a egg, like. egg sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> and neither's back here. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, no, I think I was going to say, just uh, we might try and do it. No, maybe not over the next few weeks, but. Uh, uh, if we can try and find the the cheapest and best DVD, but yeah. what do you think is the cheapest and best out of these? I mean, Hurt Locker, Oscar winner, bam, I don't know. That's that's pretty good. Huh? Pretty. It's, uh, I, do you know what? Not only because it's the cheapest, but for the quality of the film, I would say that the Hurt Locker stays at twenty five fucking cent. That's hard. But uh, if if because you know obviously with the six degrees of separation, people can just fucking cheat. Uh, I would say if, if any of the old listeners fancy doing it, you have to show us a receipt. You can't just fucking... Not even show us a receipt. <laughs> I got this for a fucking penny. I got this for a penny up all week. I would say if, if the price is on it, then take a photo of it and the receipt as well. And a receipt. Right. Just, just take just a photo of it and, and the we'll, actual and shop. And we'll, we'll vote 
we'll vote in, in about uh, I don't know, say two months. What what is the best cheapest uh, we'll DVD? Vote, we'll vote at the end of October. Vote see at the, the end of October. Aye. What, what the best cheap DVD is? Aye. Do you like that, Mickey? And then what do they get? Or see, our because, master's voice. Do you like that? See, <laughs> this is too easy because that's twenty five cent. What about the best collection of DVDs for under two pound? Yep. What about that? Yep. It's tough, man. It's tough. It's, it is it's tough. pretty good, though. No, but it can be done. Well, it can right. be done. For fucking £2, I get Hurt Locker, Hellraiser, and fucking either Good Vibrations or The Majestic. Yeah. That's pretty fucking good. Like. Fair enough. So there you go. Best fine. collection of DVDs. Under £2. For under, well, £2 or under. Aye. Send them in by the end of October. Yeah. You have to send them the DVDs. No, obviously not. Don't send them the DVDs. <laughs> this is just our plan to get fucked. <laughs> I just get free fucked. <laughs> <laughs> send them pictures of the receipt or send them pictures of the actual DVD uh, pre-purchase because it could be doctor always pre-purchase and then, uh, uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. Not pre-purchase? Don't know. Well, they going to receive Post-purchase? Yeah, <laughs> they could just make labels like, you know what I mean? Hey, well, that's what I said. Post-purchase? Oh, post actually, purchase I know. I just received that. Post-purchase, I... I know we're we're going. I challenge you to do it too. Best. I know. Uh, for under two pounds. I'm off this competition, obviously. Mate, if we don't do it next week. You, you can really bide your time. <laughs> you know, no, I've got a good seventy-five P one, but I feel there's a better one out there. <laughs> <laughs> I have a good point one downstairs. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I got source code for fifty P ones. It's not bad. It's not, not, it's not, not bad. bad. No, yeah. It's not bad. We can, we can discuss who has the best DVD collection for under two pounds. Okay, let's move on to recommendations. I will go first. My recommendation is The Lobster. Oh, when did you watch that? Did you watch that recently? Just came on Netflix, yeah. Done it, really? Netflix has been hitting out of the park recently. I mean, they just came, Creed just came on Netflix. See, I haven't had Netflix for about two weeks, so I don't know because I forgot the Pimmy Bill, which is only (laughs) a six-pound which is ridiculous. But uh, I was... was Hey! I was complaining for a month. Oh, actually, no, it was really nice. Cheers. <laughs> but, um, Six pounds I, in. I, I mean, uh, no, I do want to get Risa because I fucking love Netflix. Like, it's just so handy if you're, you don't know what you want. But I, I was complaining for... Wait, that's typical. I was complaining for months that they were only adding old shit or they were adding stuff that nobody wants to watch. And now it seems like they've had a Creed and a Lobster and what else? There's not... There's... Loads of stuff. It. There are others. There, there are others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Lobster. It just came out last year, did it? Or well, even this was, year? It was... Uh, that's mental, actually. It was released in festivals at the end of last year, but it was only released in England in March, I think. I, uh, I'm, I'm nearly p- sure it was only released about six, or like five months ago, but anyway. But yeah, it's Colin Farrell and Rachel Weisz. And it's set in this... I don't know if... In, it doesn't really specify a time period, so you don't really know if it's in the future or the past or whatever, but... It, it feels like the future, but I, have, I, I really like about the film that it's really its own wee sort of world it's a, like a yeah. sort of surreal wee world but not overly surreal it's a normal world but how people go on is so sedate that it feels like something has happened in the world they make people I guess yeah and so the way the world works is if you aren't in a if you aren't in a relationship you get sent off to this hotel and you spend so many days there what's the switches no I'm <laughs> you spend so many days there and if you don't find a partner within your set amount of days, then you get turned into an animal. And so right. when Colin Farrell gets there, because Colin Farrell's wife recently died, so this is why he gets sent to this hotel, because now he's single. And his choice is a lobster, because they live over 100 years, and he had all the reasons as well, but he had really well, thought it out. Like. Was it that she died? 
No, is it not the... Oh, his wife left him? I know, I, I got was right. a... <laughs> Fuck me, right? Uh, <laughs> 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 but yeah, so it's... I, I don't really want to say much more than that plot-wise. It's it's a very strange film. It's it's re- There's really funny moments in it. There's really fucked up moments in it. All, all the people talk in a very strange way like it's nearly kind of robotic and nearly like they're all just constantly nervous about something it's like oh hi i like cheese do you like cheese yeah. i noticed that they all talk like jack d it's their pants they love it but they're all very sedit they all have a fucking stupid laugh as well does he does Probably. he even jack d or sorry who oh, you're the jimmy car jimmy but yeah, so everybody goes on in the same kind of way, and uh, so some of the comedy comedy stuff in it, like like there's this there's this guy who has a lump, and actually, it's his wife died. Maybe that's what I was saying. His wife died, and he says she had a lump as well. And then Colin, <laughs> Colin Farrell's talking to him, and he's all like, "Oh, did you see that girl out there? She has a lump." And then <laughs> and then the guy's all, <laughs> "Sorry." No, it's just a sprained ankle. <laughs> <laughs> There's really just fucking weird, fucking Class. funny it's, it's, bits. It's completely like. abstract. It's really fucking strange. Also, but... the director's name is a lovely to say. It just rolls off the tongue. What's the director? Yorgos Lanthimos. Yorgos Lanthimos. That's fun to say. Yorgos <laughs> Lanthimos. <laughs> But, um, Francesco, or Francisco, <laughs> Francisco, Francisco, <laughs> but uh, but after watching it once, like if it, it feels like there's there's a kind of deeper meaning to why the world is like this and why the people are going on about it. But I think it would take a lot more kind of viewings of it than maybe a smarter brain to you know figure that out. But I I enjoyed it just for the weirdness and the kind of fuck upery of it. But um, I. I I'd say it's not everybody's cup of tea, but um, if you like kind of dark comedies, and if you just like Colin Farrell, and Rachel Weisz is actually amazing as well. I really liked her. John C. Reilly? John C. Reilly as well, yeah, he's good. Ben Wishaw? Ben Wishaw. I, that, he's the lump guy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. No, yeah, it's 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 really funny and weird, and give it a go if you are... Faster. <laughs> mentally stable <laughs> uh, my recommendation is Only Lovers Left Alive by Ooh, Jim Jarmusch 2013 nice. love Jim Jarmusch uh, basically it's a vampire film it's not really a vampire film it's about these two vampires played by Tom Huddleston and Tilda Swinton who have been like married and deeply in love for about 200 years but they live in different parts of the world one lives in Tangier and one lives in Detroit like really decrepit Detroit and it's America's fault but uh, basically it's uh, he is like this tortured sort of suicidal sort of Byronic hero artist and then she's just a sort of happy-go-lucky fun-loving vampire and they present like drinking blood as almost like drug abuse and stuff like that, and they don't actually kill people because they see it as inhumane, and it attracts, uh, it attracts attention. unwanted attention. Yeah. And it's it's cool as well because they only drink pure blood that they get made from in a lab because all the, like draining a human is, is frowned upon in the vampire community because like most people they call humans zombies because they don't know 
basically they're just kind of walking through life and not experiencing the right way. Like human blood is toxic because all like the bad foods that they eat and like all the pollution that they're taking and stuff, which is a I think a pretty good point. Like I kind of not even subtle but a really effective point about like Aye. how humans love and it's just like I said, it's not really a vampire film, but they use two vampires and a sort of vampire narrative. They make points about. The, the, the larger world like you know what I mean when, when, when the girl uh, she eats what do you call him uh, what do you call him oh it's, oh, it's uh, Anthony Olchen Anthony Olchen Ian and she's like oh god what are you, a musician really <laughs> and a musician you know? that's my favorite <laughs> it's just like oh they're born to be fucking bogging <laughs> that's what I should say like Tom Harrelson walks in he's all you've ate Ian you've ate Ian <laughs> but um, it's a company uh, no, uh, no, it's Mia Mia Wajakowska, isn't it? Oh, who wrote it? No, Jim Jarmusch no, wrote Jim it Jarm- and, no. and directed it. What do you call the, the sister? She's in Mia Wajakowska. No, from Awesome Wonderland. That's her. It's Ava, the sister. Are you sure? Yep, from She's Awesome Wonderland. Great. I thought, really thought she was one from Killing Joe or Killer Joe. No, no, no. It's Mia Wajakowska. She just looks really different because the hair and stuff like that. But it's hundred percent right. her. Right. But uh, I was kind of focusing more on the comedy. But the whole thing is like most of Jarmusch stuff, who's seen as one of the godfathers of modern American independent cinema, is there's the typical directorial traits. There's the long unedited sequences, and there's just kind of this musing on art and the the consumption art because a lot of the talk between Tilda Swanton and Tom Wilson's character is about art, and they kind of joke about it too, and basically just trying to be creative and, and loving a world with art and Jim Jarmusch just always says that if you want to love them just kind of consume everything that's around you artistically and culturally and I think that this is one of the films that kind of he's done that hits that in the nose more sort of or less subtle than others uh, and it's just it's just a really good film. and it's just really interesting because it's a comedy <laughs> involving vampires that's really about the consumption of art and uh, just wanting the love as opposed to uh, vampire films which are about murdering and all that crap. I like how, Sex. because they've loved so long, that they were essentially four or five famous characters. <laughs> so, like, so like John Hurt, John Hurt was Shakespeare. Like, <laughs> scared, like, it already, he talks about how, he, how he's all, Jesus, he would have played a great day and that's why I based him on, that's uh, why I based Hamlet on him. Just kidding, hang on. There's a cracker too. Tilda Swanton, says they Tom Huddleston. He's all, oh, well, Christopher, who's played by John Hurt, was one of your heroes, and he's all, I didn't have any heroes, and then there's just this cut there, wall, all these pictures of famous people, but it's all these, like, sort of really refined artists, like, you've got, like, uh, Byron and Mary Shelley and stuff like that, and then just that corner's Rodney Dangerfield. It's his sense of humor, it's so weird. It, it's like a thing. less overt kind of Wes Anderson sense of humor sometimes, Aye. it's brilliant. So, Heron, what's your recommendation? Uh... A Time to Kill. Do you like it? I was uh, old enough. I just watched it like two days ago. It was on, it's always on Fallen 4. Mm. Always. A, it's what, always what the ele- it? It's so familiar. It's John Grisham book. It's uh, Matthew McConaughey. And uh, it's got Sandra Bullock, Samuel Jackson, Donald Sutherland, Fucking Kevin amazing, Spacey. Yeah. Chris oh, Cooper for a wee scene as well. Chris Cooper. I know this film. And it's uh, Kiefer Sutherland as well. Oh, and oh fucking Red. And Donald. And Don, I know, I said him. Oh, he's, uh, he's raving on there. He is. Uh, who actually makes a great cameo on Backdraft, by the way? Ah. Donald. He's a fucking weird girl. But uh, no, it's it's uh, John Grisham. I mean, every so often you kind of get in the mood to watch a courtroom drama. But John Grisham's one of are always kind of set in the backdrop of, of some kind of political or, I don't know, political corruption. Uh, or political point being made or whatever and uh 
this one is Samuel Jackson's uh, daughter gets raped by two white lads and uh, essentially Matthew McConaughey comes to try and prosecute them but the night before the prosecution Samuel Jackson hides in the courtroom and in the morning he goes and shoots them in public shoots them dead and so then it becomes Matthew McConaughey's job to uh, get the, uh, get Samuel Jackson off saying like diminished responsibility insane and this kind of stuff mm. and Sandra Ball comes in there because she's just a sort of a, a rich uh, a rich kid who is interested in law and she sort of helps and stuff and then uh, Donald Sutherland is the, the guy who taught Matthew McConaughey how to be a lawyer essentially and um it's just, I suppose it's just it's a simple enough plot. He, he just, you know, when songs have a good hook, he, he's already kind of got a great couple of hooks on there for for a good plot. And then all he has to do is, I suppose, make points and is make make points about another fucking great and underrated actor, uh, Oliver Platt. I you know what because the case I like I always forget he's a, he's a really small role but he's still on there uh, he's like, amazing I he's all for Platt he's, he like, he's always playing that the fat yeah. snub lump he's in like Lake Placid and fuck what he's Porthos so in much. the Three Musketeers he's been in Chef he's the boy who writes the bad review about uh, as I would say John yeah. Fashnu ex footballer about <laughs> John Favreau and Chef haven't seen Chef all right okay that's brilliant well, he's in, nice start. have you seen Love and Other Drugs no actually no. here the fucking uh, the, the first show is a Fargo. He's the big fat boy in the supermarket. All right. Uh, <laughs> I knew he'd get there eventually. He's been a lot of stuff. Well, he started <laughs> off with a fucking Lake Placid reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Aye. Aye. Aye. laughs> I can see that. But, uh, uh, no, it's just... It's one of these films that are sort of just... Um, when I was younger, I mean, I've, I've probably seen it a few times since I was 16. It was always on at some point. It was one of those big films at the time. But then it's... It's the case that sort of divides the city and stuff and the Ku Klux Klan come in date and then Black Rides come in date and stuff and then like Black Panthers come in date and stuff. As, like as they usually do if the Ku Klux Klan are about. No, no, but it's, it's I mean, I, I think I think he uses the vehicle of the story to try and make a few points that he's interested mm. in or rather he uses the politics of the time to try and make a really good thriller. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's one or the other. Either or. I, but I mean, that, that he's, he's, he's made his name off writing thrillers, so it's yeah. probably the latter. Like. I suppose that. that, that <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, but I know you're doing something. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, but I know you're doing something. That time period, too, because obviously there's, there was just so much like injustice with like, blacks and whites. It's just, it's such an easy narrative like time period to set someone on the hmm. space you're going to write someone around that. One thing I did, and just just because I watched it there the only like a couple of nights ago because it's literally always on fucking film 4 strange director as well uh, it's fucking it's not no it's not Schumacher that is it is Schumacher is it Schumacher I thought that uh, <laughs> considering what he's known for uh, hey, but Joel, Sh- Joel Schumacher is a few up his he's got a couple of films as well I think he's a very underrated fucking director Tigerland as well one thing I would say though and I just want to see if you agree or not now you Obviously, pardon the pun because it's about black and white communities. But did you not think that the morality, which is nice to see in it, isn't that black and white? Because they show uh, they show McConaughey as flawed because you see him as this sort of at the start idealistic sort of moral uh, attorney. But then he has that conversation with Bullock, 
and he saw, well, if I had that chance, I would, you know, I would have killed both of them. But then you obviously it's see like Samuel thing, Jackson. Do you agree with the death penalty? Aye. That's what I'm saying. It brings up all these things where they have conversations about it. Aye. But then Samuel Jackson, seen as this grieving feller who kind of turned vigilante and obviously killed these two boys who kind of ripped you and tried to kill his daughter. Into your own head. But then he's he's fully fine with it. So like, well, there's a lot of questions there. It's not just like, oh, the good is good and the bad is bad. It's great. Like, it's cool. Uh, I think he says one of, one of the, the things that it keeps you interested is because McConaughey said that. Um, I the night before he did it, he said, "I'm going to go down to the courthouse and kill him." Mm. And I said, and I didn't stop him. One because I was thought I was joking, but because I thought he was joking, and two because if they did that to my daughter, I'd do the same. Yeah. And he and he says he feels like he's responsible for the death of these guys, and that's what kind of brings him to the case. And I just, I just think it's a it's a very well made again. It's a classicist kind of film, but yeah. uh very good show, very you know. Not easy, not actually not an easy watch either. Aye, uh, yeah. there's some tough enough stuff on it, like, but uh, it's brilliant. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Okay, we'll wrap it up there, folks. Thank you so much for listening. If you like, get in contact with us, let us know what the cheapest DVD you've ever bought is. Well, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 faster, no. <laughs> I'm not saying as a part of the competition. I'm just saying in general. Boom. All right, fair enough. You can find us on Facebook, Let's Talk More Movies Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, at Talk More Movies. Or you can email us, Let's Talk More Movies at gmail.com. You can leave us comments, reviews on iTunes, ACAST, whatever podcast service you like. I've been your host, Michael Breslin. Shanko has been Shanko. Calm Heron's been Calm Heron. Episode 66, baby. I fucked up 65. Uh, spooky, <laughs> spooky episode. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Goodbye. You know what? Usually we end with saying something stupid or something irrelevant to each other, but I want to congratulate all three of us because we've done that bang on time. It is bang eight o'clock. Yeah, okay. To Bennigan's. <laughs> and podcasts. <laughs> Boom. Yep, yep, yep. I'll take pleasure in getting you, boy. I'll take pleasure in getting you, boy. I'll take pleasure in getting you, boy. I think it only takes about 10 minutes and he's all. Boy. Right, we. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.